Welcome to Healthline by Prudence Davis. I believe that a meaningful life is strongly influenced by our mental and physical well-being. My purpose is to inspire and help others to understand the importance of health in their everyday life. Whether it's related to mental pain, stress or physical challenges, it's especially the long-term changes that I find interesting. We'll be looking into how healthy habits and cognitive processes can be implemented in daily routines so you can be thriving and high on your own supply with help from the best experts around the world. Stay healthy, stay tuned. Welcome to Helpline, your hotline to health. My name is Prudence Davis, and I'm really grateful to have Josephine Bredstel with me today. Thank you so much for being here, for using your precious time with me. You're a self-care, self-love entrepreneur. And then you're also, I feel like, kind of a glowing, beating sunshine in human form. Welcome, Josephine. What an introduction. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We're going to start out uh, with um, a question that I'm really happy to have um, about purpose. So mm. purpose can be many things. I think that's a part of a, a meaningful life. But what is purpose to you? I think there are two, it's kind of like two questions. What does purpose mean to me and what is my purpose? And I think for me, purpose has been a guideline to why I'm here and why my spirit has a place here on earth in this human form. Um, but my actual purpose is to learn how to love myself and show others that they can do the same. Beautiful. And in regards to your journey, how to get here, how mm. did you get to this place? It depends on if we start at the beginning or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also like, where do we start? No, but um, I think yeah. it's a really good question. I think that in most recent years, um, I had an experience right before going into my 30s. I think many people experience in their late 20s that suddenly the reality of life hits you with much bigger questions than just... What is my next job going to be? It's more like, why am I actually here? And I was feeling a sense of lostness that I didn't know what to do with. And I was actually in a really, really bad state. And I think throughout my 20s, I had uh, definitely suppressed all of my emotional baggage. And instead of Um, going into it in order to release it I went into the ego dance of um, of finding external things and material things that would uh, hopefully make me happy but as many other people also learn that's not really the way to go if you want to experience both inner and outer healing so for me um It was when I was 27, and at the time I was in a relationship that was no longer 
with my ex-boyfriend and it was no longer serving me. And it was a weird, um, I remember we, we broke up and after that it was like, I thought that was rock bottom, but it was like a spiral that just kept going down, kept going down. And at the time I had just began to dab my toe into the spiritual world of mindfulness and yoga and meditation and all of that, but it was not in an authentic way towards myself, but more as in a distraction to where I really was. That's so interesting because how did you get into the more authentic version of that when you started that journey? It was, yeah. I think it was about making the mistakes for myself. At the time I was um, working in the fashion industry and I had been doing so since my early 20s. It was Uh, my first job out of uh, business school and even during business school, I started working in the fashion industry. And I've always been very drawn to the industry because I'm a very creative person. And I felt like many people often do. It It has this kind of sprinkle dust of glamour that can be very attractive and alluring. And I was feeling the same way. Um, I always had a dream when I was a child I wanted to be a designer and I wanted to have my own brand um, but my way into the industry was through communication and working with PR and at that time I had I had started out early and probably achieved a lot uh, even though I was only 27 and I was a head of communication at a big uh, fashion brand, but there was still something that was feeling so empty inside of me. And at the time I had uh, developed an eating disorder. Um, it was post my breakup. Um, I think many people can relate to when you're feeling sad, sometimes you overeat or maybe you lose all your sense of um, hunger. And for me, I lost my sense of hunger totally because I was not feeling well. I was uh, trying to get over the whole breakup thing. And as the as I was losing weight, people would comment and compliment me on how great I looked. And I think they didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. They could just see someone who was, oh my God, you're losing so much weight, what is your secret? And actually, at the time, my social media was growing a lot. And I used my social media as a way to, I started working out, I started boxing, um, having a very specific diet. And basically, it was all a cover to continue on the self-destruction of myself. And it wasn't until I met my husband Um, that I really realized what the root of the problem was. And um, in the beginning, he didn't notice that I was still struggling with an eating disorder. And I think if you've had it or known someone who's had it, it's a very tricky disease because it's so, you you really learn how to hide it, either behind uh, overly exercising being healthy uh, or, or portraying a different lifestyle than what it actually is. 
And I remember him confronting me at one point and he was like, it just seems like you're not really happy. And at the time I was like, yeah, I I see what you're saying. And maybe he also suggested it seems like you're very stressed at your job and that I could understand. So actually he, he, he didn't convince me, but I learned that I needed to remove myself from the situation I was in in order to find something else. So I actually ended up leaving my job, not knowing what to do. But it wasn't the fix I was after. It wasn't until that he really pointed out that my main issue was that I didn't love myself. And I remember at the time... I was seeing a very uh, a very good coach. She was a spiritual coach. And I she kept asking me what like what is the core of the problem? And at the end I was just crying and then I had to admit that I didn't love myself. So that's why I found what my purpose in life was is that if I'm going to stay here on earth And if I want to stay here on earth, I need to learn how to love myself and become self-loving. And that was when I really realized that this was the power that I needed to change my life. Yeah, that's so powerful and also a little uh, tearing. But how uh, do you start loving yourself? How, How do you take those steps into loving yourself another big question i mm. know but maybe the essence of of that maybe realizing it mm. yeah all i can say is it's not a straight line it's not one size fits all and every path is different and i think in the beginning i made the mistake which is a very common mistake to look at other people see what makes them happy and trying to do the same. But when you're still coming from a place of inauthentic way of living, I was still doing that because I was still struggling with my eating disorder. I was still trying to, what can I do to be loved? What can I do for you to be loved? I did that with my partner. I did that with my friends. I did that through my work. I was spending so much time looking at other people and see what was making them happy or what could I do to make them love me. And it wasn't until that uh, I started seeing a very, very good therapist. So that was a big key to my healing was actually not thinking I could fix this by myself. And I think that's a common mistake Um, is that we feel like we need to lift the entire load ourselves. And I definitely, I've always taken care of myself and I've always felt like I had to prove that I needed to take care of myself. And that makes you really hard to help because you don't want any help and you're never going to ask for it. But um, I had a very good therapist that I started seeing And she gave me this amazing description where she said, it's like you're, you really want to be loved, but the most important person that needs to love you is you. 
So if you're here and the love is here, you're doing all of these things in order to feel like you are the servant of this, that love. But in reality, instead of going the long way of being perfect, having the perfect body, having the right job, uh, having the right friends, um, always being accommodating, always doing this for your husband, so on and so on. Actually, you can just take the shortcut because even though you don't do all these things, you're still the servant of the love that you're looking for. And I think for that, that was such a big lesson for me. And it's hard for me to sit and dissect and say, so how do you start loving yourself? What do you do? It's basically, I think you need to accept that you have a past. You have, a, it could be traumas, it can be whatever it is, a social conditioning. But you have a life that's already lived and you kind of need to Uh, accept all sides of yourself and there's not one way to do it but therapy meditation being in nature connecting with yourself whatever that room looks for you that's where you need to go for me it was seeing a therapist but it was also getting a daily practice and saying oh i have a daily practice then i think a lot of people is going to be like oh so what what is a daily practice what does it look like what do i need to do and i thought and mine has developed over years in the beginning it was still very controlled by rituals so much like an eating disorder or when you go into it can be a spiritual community it can be a health community it can be a whatever community you're part of You can be very fixating on doing these rituals in order to feel a certain way. So in the beginning, my practice was very like strictly getting up at a certain time, doing exercise eh, and doing all of these things before I actually got, got to the point where I could sit down, close my eyes, focus on my breath and make my meditate basically and go inwards. And I think it was, again, one of these things where I had to take the long road <laughs> around the bush in order to get to the good stuff, which was actually the meditation, the going inwards. And I thought I had to do all of the exercise and all of that before. But in reality, all I needed to do was to close my eyes and go inwards. Yeah, and that's really beautiful because something that pops up in me is uh, consciousness. Mm. Having uh, consciousness in just being uh, and also accepting that, you know, it is what it is. You, mm. you are enough mm. in a way. Um, because when you talk about uh, exercise, eating healthy, mm. it seems like a... a part of a great lifestyle mm -hmm. you can say but the fundamental thing you know just being mm -hmm. conscious what is consciousness to you what does that look like well the funny thing is that consciousness if you look at it you would say that oh if you're a conscious person about your life and your health and both physical and mentally you would have all of these certain things that you do and that you have to do but in reality consciousness is bringing your spirit into everything you're doing so it's not about 
what you do, it's about how you do it. And I felt a shift when I started focusing on how I did things instead of what I did. And I think we can all get lost in this holistic, healthy world. And in the beginning, we might use it as an excuse to continue on to whip ourselves. Oh, I have to eat this way and I have to uh, exercise this way and I have to do these breathing exercises because they're so good. And then I have to do the sauna four times a week and you can already feel the the anxiety of it. But the thing is, that's more about what you do and not how you do it. And and I think this shift changed for me when I started to realize that I don't have to do anything. I'm worthy of love no matter what I do, no matter where I live, no matter what I eat, and <laughs> no matter what my work is. And I think that was a true shift for me. But that's not just something you do. That's a practice of the mind. And I think that's so important that we can't just wake up one day and expect our mind to be different. It's something that we need to practice. And that's why I learned that I keep mentioning meditation. And meditation can look like many different things. And it's so individual. And I'm not going to say that my practice is your practice. But for me, meditation has been a self-reflection where I can look at my thoughts and realize that they're only thoughts, but also realize that I can set an intention so I can start think differently. So it's about finding new paths in your brain. And that, much like exercising a muscle, that just it doesn't happen overnight, but you need to practice it again and again and again and again. And for me, if I need to be basic about what my practice actually looked like, my meditation practice in the beginning, or I do it in the morning after I wake up, um, I sit down, I start, I start by just sitting down. It can be wherever on my bed, in a chair, wherever I feel comfortable. And I just close my eyes and I actually start praying. And I'm not afraid to say that I'm praying to God. It might, it's not a Christian God. It's just the source of all love, of all energy, the universal great power. And I pray that I'm filled with love and light. And basically, that's the only prayer I need to do every day, is that I'm filled with love and light. And from that, sometimes I feel into if there's something I'm, for example, I'm doing a podcast today with Prudence, and I pray that everything goes well, and and we, we get to talk about things that are important. It can be it's just basically setting an intention for the day, for where I am, or maybe just feeling into where my emotions are right now. But the most important thing is that I don't judge whatever comes up. I just let it be what it is, which is feelings, emotions, or intentions. And when I do that, and then when I'm done with my prayer, I just sit in silence because I remember uh, Jay Shetty, I don't know if you know him, yeah. but he said that praying is the way that we communicate with God and meditation is the way that God talks to us. 
And I feel like for me, it just kind of was like, oh, that's how it is, is that you pray to set an intention. That's how we communicate. That's how we open our heart. But it's within, it's in the silence that we actually receive something back. And I think for me, that's been a really game changer because when I feel myself with love and light, I'm not affected by anyone else. Basically, I don't need my family to love me. I don't need my husband to love me. I don't need anyone to love me because first and foremost, I love myself. So my cup is already full. And by doing that every day, I go out into the world without wanting anything. And when you want for nothing, you actually have something to give. Why? That's beautiful. I, Josefina, I just... Um, also, I have 20 more questions for you, yeah. but I feel like, oh, with all this love and uh, no, but just um, it could also be nice to talk about what does it look like when you are um, not aware, but also into the maybe toxic positivity, mm. because maybe you're sitting and listening mm. and saying, okay, let me start mm. positive af affirmations mm. or, you know, and, and as you said, the the illness can hide in many forms in, in you know, the whole self-reflexing, self-love, self-care mm. form. So um, what is the way not to go? in the direction of this whole self-love way with positivity that's being a bit toxic. Also being with um, the people around you, taking care of the people around you, but also with yourself. Um, I think it's a really good question because with this whole wave of spirituality and positive affirmations, there's this danger of just bypassing your feelings and that's basically what you're talking about that if you just think that everything is love and light and there is no darkness without the light then then there is a problem because I think in the beginning I would use spirituality as a way of not going deep into my feelings oh if I just did this yoga or did these breathing exercises that would be enough But the problem is spirituality cannot exist without psychology. So it's not until you start accepting everything there is. Also the bad feelings, the feelings of shame, uh, the feeling of regret, sorrow, whatever is, we need to accept it and give it space. And I'm not saying that you should just wallow in your own misery what i'm saying is that you cannot experience progression unless you accept what actually is going on and for a long time i had a really hard time because i always considered myself a positive person but what i also learned is that it's also a survival mechanism of if you've I've had a childhood with my parents getting divorced when I was very young. My father had an alcohol and substance abuse from my, from when I was the age of five to ten. So that taught me the harsh realities of life from a very young age. And a way of surviving was also being positive. And, oh, no, no, I don't need any help. I'm good. I can take care of myself. 
And that kind of positivity is toxic because you don't get to grieve your traumas. And I think that's also a part of the process of getting better is also allowing the grieving process. And that's what happened when I was in my late 20s. I realized that I had never grieved what had happened in my childhood and and what I had felt that I lost as a child. I had never grieved that because I was like, oh, I was so young. I don't remember any, any of it happening. So it probably didn't affect me. But children are so intuitive of course it affected me I just didn't want it to realize what kind of effect it had on me and allowing that grieving process um, I think is super super important and that's also why I say working with a very good therapist that can help you overcome the grieving process because it's not a place where we need to stay, but we need to accept what has happened and what is happening. And I think you can kind of, what I've learned from having a daily practice and having my meditation every day is that your emotional inner landscape is much like an ocean. Sometimes there can be no waves, sunny all the way, and you can see the horizon and everything is clear. And sometimes it's like being in a hurricane with three meter high waves and you cannot see how you can survive this. But by having the daily practice, you're confronting, you're daily confronted with that this too shall pass. So even the good stuff but also the bad stuff will pass. And that's why it's important that if we don't train our mind to start realizing that the waves will always run high and low, that we can actually overcome it. And by that point, you start learning that if you go with the flow of the ocean, you don't get seasick. And I think for me, that's been so transformative that if I can look at my in a landscape every day, I see that it's always changing. And I can always look back and think, oh, I had a really shitty period, but now I don't. And when I'm in that shitty period again, I know that there was a point where I wasn't in it. And it's that constantly review and acceptance of yourself that makes you not just bypass what's going on and say, oh, there's a reason for everything. And um, this, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be okay. Some it, you need to accept what's going on exactly on that day. Otherwise, you're never going to overcome it. You're just basically trying to uh, push it under the carpet and, and, and not letting it uh, be there. No, and it also takes me into, because you talked about your own practice mm -hmm. and being also resilient towards the world and yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you're being, and we are old, you know, an example for me is in the morning when I've, I've done my routines, meditated, uh, maybe it's eight o'clock in the morning, I go out on the biking lane and then people are driving uh, very fast on that biking lane and then suddenly you know, the energy of the environment shifts. How do you, um, you know, 
stay in in those stressful situations if you're sitting out there and you're maybe getting exposed a lot to stress or mm. having a work environment that's you know difficult to mm. how do you adapt your nervous system to to that i think it's accepting that you not always can adapt to it and maybe allowing that the influ- the the actions of other people is not related to you it's not personal and that no matter what this is the movement of life so even though i sit down before i go out into the world and feel into my inner landscape i can still feel stressed i can still feel overwhelmed and i can still feel sadness and that's just before the day has started happy to hear but also yeah yeah, yeah. but, but, just, but yeah, that's yeah. that's before yeah. i've even gotten yeah. out of the door so yeah. i think when we start accepting that before we meet the world then we're also more accepting to everything that's going to meet out, meet us when we walk outside that door and something that's helped me is that use to integrate my practice throughout the day so if i'm feeling if i'm in a stressful situation or i'm feeling overwhelmed it's about taking that time to sit down for me bathrooms going to the toilet is the best way to get an emotional break because like you don't have to go but you can just sit down for a moment and nobody's going to disturb you and basically you can pray you can meditate you can just close your eyes for a second and just feel into yourself and i think it's all going back to the to the practice of acceptance and saying i i accept that this is how i feel but i pray that i'm filled with love and light and by doing so you don't try to p- manipulate the situation around you to serve you you basically only serve yourself and i think that has been the most important lesson to me i i've also <laughs> at one point i kind of mistook the whole pray to be filled with love and light because you can obviously you can you can pray for others and pray for the well-being but As soon as you do that there's a fine line of doing it from fear and manipulation and doing it from actual love. And I remember doing it for for example if if uh, if me and my husband was having a stressful day and I was like, "Oh, I pray he's filled with the love and light. I feel I pray that he feels better and all that sort of stuff." But in reality, I was doing it out of fear and I was doing it to manipulate the situation to make it better for me. And what I've learned now is that instead of turning the focus to him, I turn the focus to myself and I pray for myself because when I'm filled, I send out an energy that he can feel and that's healing to the situation. So if for example you're I've also been working places with a really bad work environment and And instead of going, oh, I wish my boss is filled with love and light today so he can <laughs> act not like an asshole or whatever it is, 
then you pray that you're filled with the love and the light that you need in order to be in that situation. Because once you start doing that, you will actually feel how it's healing to the environment that you're in. But you're taking the power back to yourself and you're not trying to manipulate others, but you're basically always being in your own energy and i think that's the most important part it's like people trying saying oh i think um, my husband needs to start going to see a therapist or he would really benefit from meditating or my kids would well the real question is are you doing the work are you actually filling yourself up with that power and i think that's also a part of that the intentions we can have for others that even though they might be good if if they're they're coming from a basis of fear it is basically manipulation and that's why we need to take the love back to ourselves because when we have the love for ourselves as a, as i said before that's when you actually have something to offer when you don't want anything in return that makes so much sense because i feel like often people can confuse um, self-love, self-care with a selfish act in a way. And you described it so fine, you know, that it's, you know, if your cup is empty, then it's hard to to give something. It's hard to, um, you know, have something to offer people. Um, I often wonder, like, how, how come it's so difficult to put ourselves on top of, of the list um, before kids work, everything else? That's a hard question to answer. For me, it was because I thought I had to do something in for others in order to be something for myself. And I thought I had to be deserving of the love uh, that I needed. And basically, I didn't know that I was just inside a small girl who was just craving love from others and everything I was doing was to get the praise get everything so I could be perfect because if I was perfect then finally I would be deserving of being here and being loved and I think many people feel that they need to perform or they need to produce something and it, we live in a society where everything is based on what you put out basically it's Being successful is, oh, I've achieved this, I've done that. And being productive has nothing to do with the outcome. It can be so many things. And I reflected a lot about that in my pregnancy because being pregnant is basically one of the most productive states there is. You're actually producing another human inside of you and... In the beginning, I was feeling a lot of shame about being so energy deprived. I couldn't do what I normally was doing. I was so sensitive. And it wasn't until I realized that productivity hasn't anything to do with outcome. It's the intention of being with yourself that's making it productive. Because Whatever I go about my day, I'm still like cre- it. It's still so freaky to me that I'm creating a human inside of me, and that must be. Then you're basically excused for everything because your your body is working so hard, and I think it's the saying like you would never push a pregnant woman to exert herself. 
So why wouldn't why would you do that to a normal person? And I think we have a tendency today that you need to show your outcome in order to get praised. Well, I think people should be praised just for being, but it's not the praise they need for others. It's the praise they need from themselves, basically. Yeah, and that that also takes me to your universe, your community. Mm. Um, I I've looked into it, and I I always get really inspired, and I'm like, I need to come the next time you have your retreats and everything. It looks amazing, and uh, your energy is also really amazing. Uh, so people are really happy that you're doing this. But to the people who doesn't know what it is can you describe what it is so, so what it is i do yeah so basically what i do through my social media and the brand collaborations and the events i do is give people an experience of going inwards and finding the love within so i think we can often get confused by we have this tendency of making people putting them on a pedestal and being like oh you're the one who's gonna save me and show me how to do but what I've learned is that it's more about creating a loving space because what you experience through my workshops or through my Instagram is that you actually have the power to create that space for yourself so whether I'm there or not doesn't really matter All I want to do is to cultivate a space and 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 create a place where people can find that within themselves. So it's not bound to a specific yoga practice or breathing exercise or meditation. What I like to do is is a, a self-love session. It can be light movement, it can be breathing, but basically it's about Closing your eyes, going inwards, and holding yourself with love. And I think people get a very deep emotional experience from it. Not because I do it, because they actually get the time and space to do it for themselves. And what I want to show people is that you have the power to do that for yourself every day. I don't need to be there or show you how to do it. You can actually do that for yourself every single day and that's what I want to bring to other people.